And I'm Jarrah Stone, and actually we got something pretty special going on right now. We're actually doing a Zoom live, uh, live streaming with our guests. We have Royce. Hi. And Phoenix. Hey. Hey, so uh, glad you guys, uh, th- this is the first time that we're doing this whole thing. You guys are our first guests actually doing a Zoom chat thingy with, so thank you for at least being our, our guinea pigs. Well, thank you oh, for everything- having us. Everything's gonna change as far as your two-year anniversary. Apparently, now you don't even need to be in the same place anymore. I know <laughs> this is pretty awesome. So, if you're listening, listeners, on any of your normal thing, and you're wondering, hey, Zoom means that there could be a visual. Hop on over to YouTube because you could see our shining faces. Well, I, I don't know. I put I put some matte primer on today, so it's not so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had a boyfriend named Matt. I have three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A little bit, a little bit. It can be. I dated a guy with my normal name once. Like we had the same name and it was. Oh, wow. (laughs) So um, we asked our dear friends, Phoenix and Royce, to come on and talk a little bit. They actually suggested the topic. um, And the topic that they suggested was. Uh, couples magic <laughs> yes, and um also how to kind of blend traditions together when um maybe certain people in your family aren't the same tradition but you still want to work magic together so i'm pretty excited about this i think it's going to be a fun episode um so uh before we go into that as all of our listeners know we must do coming of witch stories <laughs> So, uh, Royce, why don't you get, why don't you go ahead and go first and tell us uh, tell us your coming out story? Okay, I will try to keep this from being too long. Um, I don't know. I guess I was really attracted to the idea of magic as a kid, and it just never changed. So, I I think I did my first spell when I was eight, even though I didn't necessarily think of it that way. And I started studying magic in middle school, but I didn't really start practicing until I was nineteen. Um, I got to meet a few different witches and I ended up living with one when I was 19 and that really like changed my worldview. And I got to, you know, start, I mean, I'd started reading Oracle decks when I was around 11, but I started reading tarot and I worked as a tarot reader. So yeah, I just got deeper and deeper into things and I was looking for a group because I had friends who were amazing and I would get all excited about what I was discovering and learning. And my friends were so indulgent and nice. And I'm like, I need to find people who actually care about this stuff to get excited because my friends have been so cool and I need to reward that behavior. So back when uh, the witch's voice was actually a thing, I went and a witch box. It was awesome. I'm old. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I, uh, I met actually my best friend on the internet and she posted this ad for what she wanted her coven to be. And, we were all baby witches, like none of us had very much experience at all. And we formed our own group and learned from each other and made its mistakes with each other. But it was just an incredibly positive experience. So since the coven that we formed together, I got to work with a couple of other covens that were also really uh, positive, really good experiences. And I don't know. I just, I love magic. I love connecting to nature. I love learning and being pagan has just fulfilled all those desires. So I just, 
I don't know. It's really, it's a really important aspect of my life. Nice. That's awesome. I'm glad you had such a positive experience. Yeah, I keep meeting people and I'm just, and they keep telling me their experiences. I'm like, I am so sorry. I was practicing with a bunch of other people who also knew very little, but because of that, it wasn't necessarily like a control situation or like a potentially abusive situation. And so even though we were ignorant, we sort of protected each other in our ignorance and it was, it was really cool. <laughs> So what, what would you say is like the, uh, the, the path that you practice? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I am very open. Like I, sometimes I question like what the divine is and what the nature of it is. And so there's times where I've been almost agnostic and actually I've had, I'm really connected to Bost. Uh, she's one of the first goddesses I ever worked with. And that was actually the first ritual like spiritual ritual I ever performed it was my dog had cancer (laughs) and I was so worried about um you know I kept thinking like well if magic is real and I do something and it's wrong I was really afraid I just wasn't willing to take that risk of like making a mistake and messing something up but like I refer to this dog as my soulmate (laughs) like that's how we were how close we were we were just perfect for each other and um seeing him suffering I just couldn't handle it so I'm like all right I got to do something and I went to the magic shop where afterwards I ended up uh, tarot reading there and I spoke to a priestess and I told her the situation and she's like, okay, this is animal healing and you know, you're going to talk to Bost and you're going to use this candle and use this incense and this is the ritual you need to perform. And so I did it and it was very intense. <laughs> I was a virgin at the time. like, And I would never recommend to somebody who is a virgin necessarily connecting with Bost because it can be a little intense. <laughs> but um yeah, that was, that was my first experience with her. And because I I mean, it didn't, it did not cure my dog's cancer, but I, what I had asked for was that, you know, if you cannot heal him, will you please remove his pain and his suffering? Cause I just didn't want him to suffer. And I performed this ritual. I laid hands on him and his pain eased. He was certainly in a lot less pain after that. So unfortunately we, um, we put him down because the cancer was all through his body, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a really meaningful experience. And that was just sort of my beginning. It's like, okay, what am I willing to take a risk for? Like, I will take a risk for love like that. Apparently that's, that's my line. So that was my beginning. And I didn't really realize the nature of having relationships with the goddess at that time. So I was like, oh, well, Bast helped me with that. And I just didn't really think about it afterwards. And it really wasn't until recently where I was in a situation again, where there was an animal I was worried about. And I was like, okay, I can talk to Bass about this, but now I know how I'm supposed to behave and I can't just like, will you please help me? And then I'm going to ignore you for 20 years. So I was like, all right. So if you're going to help me again, I promise to be properly behaved this time and we will have a relationship and it will continue. And so that's where I am now. I've heard that kind of story before. <laughs> I have that story. I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you use the word virgin. Do you mean virgin <laughs> as magical virgin? Sexual? I mean, in every sense. A hundred percent virgin. <laughs> Some of our listeners need to know. The oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm a strong proponent of, you know, the virgin. My understanding is that the original meaning of that word in Greek was an unmarried woman who was powerful, which I think is a fantastic, Oh yeah. you know, like most of us should be virgins. <laughs> 
right? Yes. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, so, you know, I think that that word, we can use it how we want to use it and it can mean what we want to mean. But the idea of a woman who is powerful and not an instrument of control by anyone else is like really exciting and cool. So, <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that and that touch story. <laughs> Phoenix, are you ready to share your coming of which story? Uh, yeah, mine's a little bit more complicated, but I'm willing to give it a go. Complicated? Uh, ready for a story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When uh, when I was 12, I was sent to my grandparents in California to help clean their hoarder house. And my grandmother gave me a set of tarot cards that came from her grandmother. Mm. And uh, so I got a little bit into that. Ironically, at the same exact time, she also bought me the three core rule books for Dungeons and Dragons. So I was into magic all of a sudden, and I had a hand-down set of uh, tarot cards that I was starting to work with. Um, I got really interested, researched things. I did the Silver Raven Wolf, or whatever her name is. Uh, got me in, interested in Wicca, because that's where a lot of people start. And I went to... I tried to become part of two separate covens by the time I was 15. And both times I was rejected because I was a male. Uh, yeah. So my hard stop at 16 was a couple of guys in button down shirts and black ties showed up at my house and I became a Mormon for a year. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then after that I became agnostic, but I still was using the, uh, the tarot cards and I was still very interested. I was, reading different books on magic theory and whatnot. And then I started listening to podcasts and there was one called uh, last podcast on the left. And they talked about, they had a series on esoteric paths. One was left hand, right hand and chaos and chaos magic spoke to me pretty hard. And since then I've been practicing solo until, uh, about what, three months ago <laughs> when, uh, after uh, Royce and I got engaged, we, uh, we finally started doing uh, some rituals together. And so it's stepping out of my comfort zone because as a coyote, I am very uh, solo practicing. Don't really talk about it to a lot of people. So. That's one tradition we haven't had somebody on yet about was um, a lot of the chaos traditions or chaos magic. And so that, that's a lot of blending. It had to happen, I'm sure. <laughs> so that, that's a good place for two very different paths. Yeah, it's still a work in progress, but we feel like we're doing it pretty well. That's Won't good. it always be? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, um, thank you for sharing your story. So, uh, do we want to go ahead and just dive on into talking about maybe blending some of those traditions together to work together or maybe talk about your first experience in ritual together? Sure. Yeah, I'm down with either of those. Uh, for our first experience in ritual together definitely is a story. Ooh, I like stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, who wants to go first? You said you were going to go first, so you have to go first. <laughs> okay. She All right. did start off the whole coming of life. Yes. Okay. Well, that seems fair. <laughs> uh, all right. So 
it was actually a really simple working. Uh, the people that uh, we live with a couple of friends in Chandler, and nobody was really sleeping well. And so Alicia, <clears throat> so Royce was uh, try wanted to do a thing that would just kind of help everybody sleep. And uh, I don't know how familiar you are with chaos magic, but I was a little insecure. She's got way more experience than me as far as like ritual and whatnot. So I kind of just naturally took the lead because it was the only thing I knew how to do. Um, so I made a, a sigil. Do you guys know what those, those are? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, made a sigil. Um, she got, she gathered, what did you get, Royce? I basically, I tried to, I didn't want to interfere with what Phoenix was doing. I wanted to have like complimentary support. So since what he was doing was very physical, I just tried to basically utilize sympathetic magic to support what he was doing. So I got some incense and um, I think I got frankincense and myrrh to honor my goddess Foss to like support what we were doing. And then I brought a candle and I, I think I anointed it in lavender oil to promote like peace and rest and healing sleep. So just some really gentle touches to back up what Phoenix was doing in his part of the ritual. Um, in the process, I closed my sigil in a circle. And at that moment, this is only part of the story, uh, my engagement ring broke. <sighs> while I was focusing on the love I needed to, uh, to close it because we were doing a working based on trying to take care of everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. um, so that's so important maybe you for later. Maybe you should, should note that like part of the idea when we were talking about engagement rings for Phoenix is he, I asked him what kind of jewelry he likes. Like, I will get you whatever he wants. And he said he really liked hematite rings, which, of course, you know, are not so expensive, but also prone to breaking. So we, I was like, I had this very romantic idea of just buying them in bulk. And what I didn't <laughs> yeah. consider is that Phoenix um, is a man-sized person, whereas I'm used to, like, it's easy for me to find, like, you know, hematite rings that fit my fingers. But since his fingers are larger, like, it's way harder to find something that actually fits his ring finger. Yeah, I've, so this I've, was not as easy as I thought it would be. Yeah, I've, I've got ham hocks. I know exactly what that's, what that's talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I love Solidarity. these rings. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're larger than mine. It, it, so I was like, oh, this will be easy. And I'm like, oh, this is not easy. <laughs> it, it's very difficult to find, to find, especially hematite rings that'll, that'll fit. Right. So I have so, the opposite so, problem at like black market minerals. I can't find mm -hmm. a hematite ring that fits me because I guess I have like pianoist fingers but i never utilize you're built like a fairy it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i'm a chubby fairy i'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> look at you bounce <laughs> um, yeah and at the time she had gotten me a uh, a jade ring oh, right and, yeah and uh so that was the that was the one that broke the same exact second that i closed the circle uh -huh. wow mm. um so going from there, uh, I just, to I'm excitatory, so uh, I do flow arts when I try to fire my sigil. So I put together my uh, staff with the LED lights in it, and I turned on a song that was appropriate for what we were trying to do, and I started spinning until I couldn't, I hit flow state, and that sigil was no longer able to stay in my head. 
Um, as far as what Royce was focusing on, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I was honestly, I was watching because if we are going to continue to do ritual together, I was really trying to like watch with my eyes and watch <laughs> with my senses to feel his energy flow and how he works and, and how, where he's at, because I want our work to be complementary. But um, in order for that to be ideal, I need to see him in action. So it was mostly me like paying attention and um, holding the goal in my mind while we're doing all of this to sort of like support support what we were doing kind of like a sacred uh, witnessing exactly yeah that's a really smart way to put it <laughs> um one of the things i did notice like as i was uh spinning was uh i really started to to get this uh like have you ever walked into a fog bank or yeah. walked out of a fog bank yeah <laughs> it was like that that change in um moisture almost but obviously we're in phoenix there is no moisture uh so we, it was like being surrounded by her like it felt comfortable and it felt like my movements were supported and a little bit more confident than they would normally be like there was less worry of messing up the flow and it was just kind of natural like they're like a uh, just kind of like a like a magical embrace mm-hmm. of, of the space. Yeah, yeah, that is a great way to put that. Absolutely, <laughs> like it was almost like we were moving together. I don't know. Uh, that's how I experienced it anyway. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Like our first ritual together. It's funny because we've actually, you know, at this point, I think we've known each other for a year, as far as like when we first met, um, and we talked about doing ritual together several times but I didn't want to force it I didn't want to say like oh well we're going to do ritual together now I wanted it to be really natural and a time where we both felt really comfortable about it and I know since um, Phoenix's practice is different from mine he was maybe a little hesitant or felt like oh well I don't really know what to do and I didn't want him to feel that way I'm like oh no you know everything you need to know you know I've worked with people who are you know quote-unquote experienced who are you know, they just didn't really impress me much. And Phoenix may be new to some of this stuff, but he's so intuitive and his own abilities are so powerful and impressive. I'm like, you don't have to worry about what other people know. Like, you know enough in yourself. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. So that's why I really wanted him to uh, lead our first couple of rituals so he could have that confidence and just know that, like, he doesn't need other people's knowledge. His knowledge is enough. Kind of got chills with that because that's 100% right. You can have the most um, educated, experienced, magical practitioner and you're standing there and it's like, I feel nothing. Are, are you are you raising? Are you lo- what's going on? There's no flow. And then you have somebody who's like just walked into the practice who can be incredibly intuitive. They know in themselves and they've done their own energy work and own like shadow work. And it might not have been in a magical container that they did this. But once they walk into the magical t- container, it's like, oh, I know how to fill this and I know how to work with this. The structure makes sense to me already. And then you're just like, that's, I think, very much the difference between somebody who's naturally in tune with themselves and somebody who isn't. And a lot of that does come from knowing yourself. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. If anybody has done shadow work, 
a hundred percent it's Phoenix. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not I mean, sure what you guys mean by that. So. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell your stories. You can tell your own stories, but when you talk to me about your experience at your first uh, music festival and your commitment to the person that you want to be, you've worked really oh, hard. Okay. And that's shadow work, right? Like going to the places that make us uncomfortable, going to the places that scare us, yes. going to the person that we want to leave behind. And I've never met anyone who has done that the way you've done that. Tearing apart the shit that's not working for you, yeah. your personality, and in your daily moods, the things that you, the habits that you've created and recognizing that those aren't working for you anymore and just working on removing them, that's shadow work. Mm -hmm. And I know like in the occult, we like to make it sound more magical than it is, but it is the ultimate therapy. And mm -hmm. I, oh, our listeners have heard me say this before. That to me is the ultimate witchcraft is really digging deep into who you want to be and developing that person. I've actually had a mentor of mine actually call it changing, changing your magical DNA, actually going oh. in and, and kind of stripping away the things that you don't, that you don't want, that you don't need, that don't, don't suit you anymore. And literally taking those pieces of the DNA, removing them and then putting it, putting in things that you, you want and you need in your life. Consciously building the person yeah. you are. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, yeah. Neat, because I, I hadn't heard that term, and I certainly hadn't had it explained yet, mm -hmm. but my second music festival ever, I did a, a ritual throughout the entire thing that was literally to let go of, like, fatalism and let go of anger and slowly put, like, hope and willpower and then allow myself to be a sort of a tablet to write who I needed to be from that point on. Un so shadow work right there. I would actually say yeah. that's initiation. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's exactly an initiation experience and having it be in a strange world, like a music festival or not purposely being in the place that you normally are and making those conscious efforts and sticking with them. That's an initiation. Oh. Go you. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. just stumbled ass backwards into all kinds of stuff. Yay! <laughs> that's usually the best way to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you stick with it, that's the important part. Yeah. So I have one question before we do take a short break. What are you wearing for your engagement ring right now? Actually, I broke the hematite <laughs> ring that I got right afterwards, too. So uh, right now, nothing. I am just holding a band of love around my heart for Royce. Oh, that was sweet. That, that, I, yeah. I think I need to go take some uh, uh, take a diet. Insulin? Yes, yeah, insulin. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break. If you guys want to stay in the chat room and put like your phones down to get a drink or whatever you guys want to do, just cleanse your palate, whatever. I need to pee. Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout-out at the end of the next full-length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank-you card in the mail with a Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute mini-sodes. 
Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pagan Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. All right, and we are back with Millennial Pagan Podcast, and we've got uh, Royce and Phoenix over our Zoom meeting from the other side of the screen. Hello. Hello. Now, now we should probably say that we, we are in the same state, but this actually kind of, th- this whole venture kind of opens up uh, talking to people outside of Arizona. Yay! So, I mean, it definitely, you guys, you guys listening and you guys watching uh, after this comes out, let us know if you guys want to uh, see some more of this, because yeah. I'm kind of really liking this. Yeah, I definitely want a lot of comments about um, whether you guys thought the audio sounded just as amazing as normal, um, or whether you guys find it completely 100% acceptable, as long as we're getting more interesting people from outside, just my friend circle. You guys are awesome. I'm not talking about you two. Um, <clears throat> so, and th- this was a goal from the get-go um that we would have people from all over all different walks of paganism or even occultism communicating with us about their experiences and about different things so this is like the start of something awesome right at our second year anniversary happy anniversary yeah happy anniversary you guys i'm excited great two years (laughs) it's subdued because now i'm thinking wow two years we've done so much already what's next i don't know but at least this year i don't have the the noisemaker thing yeah it's true (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about pulling those out i have a drawer of like all podcast stuff that i was like i know exactly where those are and when i brought it up during the planning of this episode uh sound guy t and jara both looked at me and went no No. (laughs) i thought that was awesome but no two's a great milestone Let's get to three. Yes. Let's get to three. At Let's least. get to five. Let, I, <laughs> I know, we're we're going to get to five, but I want to get to three first because three is a milestone for me. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so one thing people who are watching on YouTube might want to know is that obviously Jara and I are in the same room. Um, we can't see Royce or Phoenix at the moment. We were trying to do a screen, but I felt it was more important that Sound Guy T could be able to maintain the visual um, than me and Jara being able to see the people we're communicating with, which is completely new for me. I'm used to being able to see the person in studio and like have weird chats during break and make faces at them with nobody seeing my face. Um, so this is just new and exciting. Um, just be aware if I make weird faces when somebody's saying something, it's not because it's my face. It really is. And I can't see their face. Like if somebody's like almost about to cry and I'm just like, it's, I, I, I'm listening to them. You're, and, you're very yeah. visually expressive. That's, that's the thing. You need to be able to see what other people are saying. So we're, we're going to, we, we are going to fix that eventually. Yes. But it, it, it's coming soon. It's, it's kind of rude that you think you have to fix her face before you move on. <laughs> yeah. G- G's talking tech stuff over there. Yeah. yeah. I can't hear you through my headphones, but that's okay because uh, Phoenix was talking at the same time you were talking. <laughs> um. So... 
we're we're a work in progress youtube watchers and listeners yeah. of the podcast this is um a completely new thing for us i'm gonna call this this whole experience um any failures we're just gonna file it in the terrible twos file um, yeah. and that that's it, this is a consequence of the terrible twos is um some of these things that might not be um 100 amazing and ideal um, I hope you guys, as our listeners, continue to hang in there. Um, give us comments about it. Um, give us suggestions if you know better stuff or better ways to do this. Or like telling me that maybe I shouldn't wear that kind of makeup, but I'm not going to listen to you. So that's fine. <laughs> I, don't, don't tell me to wear makeup because you can't fix this. I'm sorry. I'm telling you they have those now um, straighteners for your beard. I have one. It's just... I'm lazy. Okay, I accept that. He needs an official beard braider. That's all. That'll be said. I, I'm, I, that, that's the thing with my with my beard here because it's so coarse. It's very difficult to actually braid it and have it like stick in a, in one direction. Because if mm. I braid it, literally, it's going like you know <laughs> that. So yeah, I, I've I've tried, and this is like this is how long my beard will grow. I I don't even think it'll go any any longer. So I've actually had the idea of actually getting taking my hair and kind of just braiding it into my beard. And oh my god, <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. But any, anyway, I'm terrified. Anyway, so let's get back to the topic. Um, I hope other people were as amused with that as we and, were. And listeners, if you want to see that, go over to our YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube channel people already got to see my terrified face. All right. <laughs> we just talked about some um, your first virtual experience together. Since then, um, what have you guys changed or worked through or what suggestions would you give people who are new in a relationship or in a family group for how to blend these traditions in for ritual? Um, is there any way that we can uh, pump the brakes on that for just a second? Sure, sure. All right, because at the end of the ritual is really just the beginning of the story for that night. Oh, yes. Okay. More story time. Yeah. Um, I was... I don't generally hold on to an altered state very long, but after the, uh, after the ritual was completed, um, I was very for lack of a better term, tingly, like all over. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking and kind of processing it and uh, whatnot. So obviously the conversation stuck with um, kind of more esoteric stuff. Like we talked about how it felt, if we would have done anything differently. And then we got on the topic of tarot. And Royce showed me a very specific tarot deck that she was working with for... Uh, a writing thing she was doing. I'll let her talk about that. Um, well, it's kind of interesting because actually one of your, uh, one of the people, the guests that you've had on, I think a couple times, uh, Fred at this point, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, gave it to me. So yeah, it was the Starman Tarot, which is done by an artist who worked with David Bowie and it's a gorgeous deck. I've seen it. And I want to get it. Oh my God, you should. Yeah. It is really beautiful. So um, I have this thing where I'm trying to sort of have a more intimate connection with the tarot deck. And so what I've been doing is um, uh, 
meditating on it, sort of writing a poem about each card. And so I might spend three or four days on one card. And since I have a bunch of tarot decks, I'm like, oh, I'll just look at a different tarot deck each time for that card. And so the Starman Tarot was one of the tarot decks I'm working with to do that. And the priestess is really intense. And this is going to get a little, a little nerdy for a minute because a few days before we did this ritual, uh, Phoenix had bought me a PS4 and he's like, oh, we should play DCU online. And I was like, okay, so I'll create this like comic book character. And I used all these things to create this like nature goddess type thing. So she has like vines all over her skin and purple hair and she just looks very wild and beautiful and this is before I'd looked at the Starman tarot and the um the priestess but it basically looks like that card I was like oh, weird I just like created this goddess a few days ago. I mean not a goddess but this priestess a few days ago and it looks like exactly the same and um I was showing it to Phoenix and this was his first contact with the deck. So I don't know, Phoenix, if you want to talk about like what you felt when you were looking at it. Right. Um, there was a very intense difference. Like I said, I had the, uh, the tarot that my grandma had given me from her grandma. And uh, like, I have a connection to that, but like, I don't so much get an impression so much as I feel like very, very comfortable using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I laid my fingers on this priestess card from this deck. Now, if for those people who don't know, you can, you can look it up, but it's, it's very artistic, very abstract art. Like you can see the person, like the, the human form, but like there is a lot of just elements and colors and stuff added in. And each card is just a, a gorgeous work of art. And the second that I touched the priestess card, um, I felt almost like a vibration all the way down to my elbow. And there were elements that stuck out to me and a, uh, a story popped into my head, just a really short story that I had never um, considered before. And it was a it was a different take on the uh, Adam and Eve parable, mm-hmm. but it was you know it it was impactful and it was fresh and it was uh, it was uh, very interesting. It sparked a longer conversation uh, about the tarot and the priestess in particular because I don't have a lot of the tarot like what it means memorized in my head. So like there was a lot of discussion about that. And then uh, Royce left the room. I don't remember if it was to use the bathroom or go get a drink or something. And there is a symbol on top of the card, which has like two, I don't know if they're half moons or half circles. They're very, they're like wire framey, but there's a symbol on the top of the card and there's the two moons are like back to back. And, you know, I'm still looking at this card because I've never had <laughs> an experience that well. like this before. And uh, the, I just got this moment of, like, intuition, I guess. And I went and I grabbed the, the broken pieces of my ring that we had brought upstairs. And 
I set it down, set the largest piece down on the left um, shape, the half moon, crescent circle, whatever it was, and it completed the circle perfectly. Oh, wow. So the random break, and I have good spatial awareness, but I'm not the kind of guy who can like call out what fits where just by looking at things usually. So it was, it was a jump for me. And uh, I don't know, that really spoke to that I had made like the right choice with Royce, that uh, I know this, this is like my priestess, uh, but it was a lot coming from somewhere that I was not prepared to have it come from before. Like it was a very magically intense moment for me that I hadn't really experienced anything quite so heavy uh, in any of my solo practice. Nice. So I've known Royce a little bit longer, um, and when she, she brought you to m me uh, at a group thing, was like mm -hmm. the boyfriend, and I'm like, <laughs> and we got talking, and I was like, that fits. So when you guys announced that you were engaged, I was like, well, that's a little quick, but it wasn't like surprise, and I was like, whoa, guys, it was just like, oh, okay. That, that, that sooner than expected, but okay. <laughs> like it, to me, it wasn't a um, what what you're saying about puzzle pieces fitting. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of the sense I got watching you guys interact. It was very much you're you're still your own two people, but it was very fitting. I can't yeah. find a better word. <laughs> <laughs> That's really sweet of you to say. Yeah, we have all these things. We have all these compatibilities. Like we're we have similarities in some ways but it's more like we match up like I have this strong affinity for dragons phoenix is obviously connected to the phoenix and you know whether people are familiar with eastern mythology or not like the phoenix and the dragon represent the male and the feminine so we both have that about each other but they're switched <laughs> like I like the masculine animal and he likes the feminine creature and and there's I really love blues, but I'm like a fire sign and Phoenix is a Pisces, but he really likes red. So there's all these things about us where we just sort of interlock and it feels really comfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's de definitely the, uh, the, the yin yang dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then you just solidified everything I just thought to myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, is that the that that's the end of that story, right? I don't want to interrupt uh, again because it keeps getting interesting. <laughs> unless Royce has something to add, I think that's everything I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I would add is that Phoenix. You know, I definitely felt like it. Ha our first happened when it should have. You know, um, and even though it's something and something we talked about for months and months, I waited because at that moment it was right for us to work together because we knew each other you know well enough like our first few months together were really us learning how to be a healthy couple and we've both been through some unhealthy relationships in the past and maybe had some personal stuff to work through and realize that we we did have the ability to trust each other you know like there's this saying in Wicca, perfect love and perfect trust. And I think that some people, it's lip service, right? Like you just, that's what you say or that's what you do. 
And to truly have perfect love and perfect trust, I think it's difficult to have that with a huge group of people, like to be that really intimate with them. But with Phoenix and I, it's absolutely true. I love him perfectly. I trust him perfectly. I know, you know, like I, I feel comfortable and I can be intimate with him. So when you have that level of intimacy with another person, it just, it opens up possibilities. And that first ritual together was in some ways similar to my first ritual with my first coven in that we were just really buzzed and, um, and sensitive and excited and peaceful all at the same time that like that first coming together of something really special. But then there was also just the level of that. It was our first ritual together as a couple. And it was, you know, this brand new kind of intimacy that I hadn't experienced before. So taking my foot off the brake. (laughs) All the way to what would you, um, tell people in a relationship or in a group that they would need to be prepared to do when blending two different traditions or multiple different traditions, starting their first ritual out um, in a very intimate space? Well, mine would be the same thing that you say about every relationship and everything you do in relationships. Communication is key. Yes. Um, um, we had, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we did have, like, we, we had a little hiccup just discussing, uh, certain beliefs and stuff, uh, kind of early on, but it was cause like as a, as a chaos mage, like sometimes I have to visualize half steps to get somewhere. And, um, some things are just way more natural, especially if somebody has more experience. So we had a little bit of a of an issue talking about like elements. Like I've always felt calm and more connected to things in the city. And uh Royce is very comfortable in nature. So I had half steps like city elements that could get me to feeling comfortable with natural elements when working with them and whatnot. And that was totally natural for Royce. And we had a little bit of a, an abrasive situation when we were talking about that. But the fact that we can communicate and the fact that we, uh, like we listen and think about it when something like that goes wrong, like we don't hold it against each other and we just try to do better. Really, like the fact that uh, two weeks later we had a conversation about that abrasiveness and it, like, uh, Royce said she came to a different understanding and I won't tell that part, that part of it, but, uh, it was, that helped build that perfect trust we were talking about because I can trust her with like my spirit and I can trust her with my thoughts, even though there are these like obstacles, sometimes we don't close ourselves off to it and that communication and that being willing to understand and view things from a different way was incredibly important, at least on my half to, uh, to us finding that level of intimacy that allowed us to work together as well as we did. Yeah. Phoenix is being really kind because that's who he is. Um, my version of that story is that I was a brat. (laughs) 
um, we were relaxed and talking about the elements and I just have, you know, I don't really think about what my biases are. I just have this idea of like, oh, well, these are the nature elements and they're very easy. At least some of them are very easy for me to connect with. Like I get fire, I get air, I understand water. Earth, I'm probably the least comfortable with, but I've done meditations on earth. So I just, I understand what the elements are and what they represent. And it feels very easy for me to connect to them. And I think maybe because I have so much respect for these awesome things that Phoenix can do that I can't, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're a stronger empath than I am and you're an aesthetic empath. And like, you just have all these cool abilities and strengths. It was just, um, so I just like, oh, well, if you can do all this cool stuff that I can't do, then obviously you understand how the elements work and, and why wouldn't you just, <laughs> it was a really ignorant, I, I was coming from a very ignorant place where I just didn't realize what I assumed was true. And it's like, okay, that's not true for everyone. That's just my personal experience and how I see things and how I experience them. But I was just like, oh, well, that's just how they are. Like, that's what everyone experiences. And that's completely untrue. And I was so unkind and, um, I felt really terrible that I was so sort of ignorant in the way I thought about things and the way I experienced them. But it gave me an opportunity to reflect and realize like, okay, just because you've been doing this a long time and it's very natural for you, that doesn't mean that everyone experiences the elements that way. That's your experience and other people have different paths to get where they want to go. And those paths are a hundred percent valid. They're just not familiar to you. And it was, that was a stretch <laughs> because my best friend experiences things very similar to the way I do. So when I talk to her about this, you know, conversation that Phoenix and I had, I'm like, so how do you feel about the elements? And what, and she's like, oh, well, this, this, and that. And I'm like, I know, right? So like, because my best friend is my, you know, oldest magical partner, you know, we're living in a magical echo chamber. We're like, oh no, this is just reality. And like, it's not reality. It's our reality. It's not the same reality that as, as other people experience. And I think I think this that's kind of apropos, especially with everything that's going on right now in the world, you know, where where people where people are spending a lot more time with, you know, with, with their partners, with people that they that they're living with, that that kind of just brings out, hey, you know, communication is key, especially especially when, you know, you're you're in a confined space together right now, you know, being able to to bring that up and to, to communicate every aspect of you know what what you're doing why you're doing it it definitely definitely brings out the best in both sides of the relationship like those memes of i didn't know i lived with a can we table this subject for now work like you're that i would hate to work with you and that's why you don't yeah. But um, I loved that you said um, that you were living in a magical echo chamber because I think that happens a lot more than we want to admit um, in our specific traditions and some traditions more than others where they don't go out to maybe open groups and they don't see that what they're experiencing is not necessarily the norm or that there are others, but I like that you did overcome that and are able to admit it. And I don't think you're as terrible of a person as you're making yourself feel. I mean, for me, it's like, not. We're, we're <laughs> both, might be biased. 
<laughs> we're both um I think we're both vulnerable people like we're the kind of people who just open ourselves to others and we definitely open ourselves to each other so it was humbling for me to realize that you know it was easy for me to hurt somebody's feelings when that wasn't my intention like I was literally confused I was like but I but no this is how it is and I so I was it was a humbling experience of my own ignorance and how easy it was for me to just like hurt someone's feelings when I didn't mean to. And I really reflected on that. And I took a lot of time to think about why it happened and think about where that bias was coming from. And it was an opportunity to grow and just see things in a new way and just realize like, oh, well, you know, I look at this, I mean, honestly, the Iron Druid, like, this is where this was coming from. And I've never read the Dresden Files, but Phoenix is talking to me about it and, like, how he connected to those ideas. And I would, like I said, my ignorant response was like, well, why would you just put these, you know, these city ideas, like, there's earth in a city, there's fire in a city, there's, you know, like, you can see these things in a city, and I do frequently. So why would you add this extra step? And I just didn't realize that it, those steps are a pathway for people who don't see things the way I do, that makes it make way more sense. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not it's not people make putting themselves further away from this source. It's just a different pathway to the same place. You just made this whole thing like round out and make sense to me 100%. <laughs> Having that extra like ex explanation really made me go, oh, okay, I see what happened. <laughs> So um, I, I'm amused that um, every time we talk to a group or a couple that um, I say, what is your number one piece of advice? And it is always communication. communication. <laughs> 100%. So um, thank you guys. You've been super amazing, super awesome. We need to hang out more. Yes. As people uh, <laughs> outside of podcast land. Um, but with that said, I'm going to think. I, I will say really quick, as soon as this whole thing's uh, uh, done, definitely we need to hang out. I'm so right, excited. Awesome. I love you guys. I've been listening to your podcast. There's very few that I've missed. I have my, maybe I'm behind two or three, but like I came back from living abroad about two years ago. And there's just been so much time where this was your podcast was my favorite thing. I was like, oh, I have another one and, and I get to listen to it. So you've just given me so much. So I want to thank you for everything you guys have done because you've been a really important part of my life. I'm just so glad you're back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you told me you're leaving. And I was like, I went up to um, Fred and I was like, so I need her on my podcast. She's like, That's great. She's in Japan. What? What? <laughs> I have Hi. itchy feet, but I have like really wonderful people like you guys who calm me down so I can like be here and enjoy. You can have itchy awesome. feet. You just have to tell me next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got butt hurt. Oh, <laughs> no I love you. I love you. <laughs> but with that, uh, we need to thank some Patreon supporters. Yes. Yay. Uh, Let me see. Uh, that one. Mel Melania, Mel okay. Melania's—that's that, that's, kind of how I see it. I I'm seeing it as Melonia, so Melania. I'm gonna go with yours because that might be right. Melonia or Melania? So, um, Melonia, thank you. Nikki, thank you. Elizabeth, thank you. That is three. That is three. Wow, dude, look Yay. at this list of people I need to send like thank you notes. I know, to. right? Like, yes. So, thank 
all of you, all Patreon supporters. Um, if you're not a Patreon supporter, then um, I think there's an ad either in this episode or a previous episode that explains all this great stuff about why you should be a Patreon supporter or hop all on over to our Patreon and see all about that. Um, and otherwise, where can they find you on the interwebs, Jira? Uh, of course, you can find me uh, on my Instagram page, Haggard underscore Haggard underscore cosplay. A lot of underscores there. Uh, and of course, at Twitter, at Jarrah Stone. And uh, if you're looking at our YouTube page. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> here. Um, so I didn't give you guys any prep, but do you have anything that you want to um, push your support? Um Royce, where can they find you if they want to get a tarot reading? Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a great question. Um, you can reach me by an email, I guess. It's uh Royce is not in the title. It's a dot m dot a l l s t o n at gmail.com. And yeah, I love reading tarot pe- people, so hit me up. Hey. And Phoenix, if they wanna uh get to know you more, obviously you don't have to. Um I have an email address, which is Nero, N-E-R-O, 0226, at yahoo.com. And if you search David Hindspeeder on Facebook, I'm always up to talk. Uh, I will literally talk about anything, write a story about anything, and generally just try to try to make everyone a little bit more positive before they stop talking to me. Awesome. Um, We might have to kidnap you once again, Phoenix, for some talk about chaos magic. But you can find me, Autumn Wolf, on Facebook and on Twitter as Autumn Wolf. You can find me on WordPress as the Iron Wolf Circle. Um, and then you can find the podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, and on page on Instagram and Patreon. <laughs> yay! So, yay, uh, yay! And again, just just like we've been saying, you know, for the uh, for the past couple of weeks, to everybody that's out there that is listening, uh, for all you frontline supporters, for everybody that's out there that's braving everything that's happening right now. Thank you again from the bottom of our hearts, and we wish you guys well. So, marry me. And Mary part. And And Mary Mary meet again. again.